Welcome to the M2 Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anthony. My co-host right here, Kyle Heath. This is the show where we cover gaming industry-related news of the last week. We're on episode 40 right now. Can you believe that, dude? Season four? It's, it's, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. It's crazy. But this is the show where we basically cover your esports and personalities, gaming industry-related news, new and upcoming games, technology, innovation. But we like to start off with updates. What have you been up to, Kyle? How you been? You want to know the only game I played this week? You'll probably guess. Oh, it. It, was it the game you were playing last week? <laughs> sure was. Oh, Sam. It was. Well, why don't you? It was. Wait, what game were you playing last week? You were playing. Uh... You have copium for it. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah, cyber cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's yeah. like a while, man. I'm over here, just like I can't even think of the name. Yeah. How's it going for yeah, you? Dude. Um, still doing the DLC, but honestly. I'm just kind of taking my time with it at this point, I think. Like, I'm enjoying the game okay. so much. I'm just kind of, like, soaking it in. I'm doing... Trying to, trying to do some side quests I didn't do in my first playthrough. Um, kind of just, like, exploring a different part of the game. So that's kind of, like, my main focus outside of DLC. So it's, like... I, like, I feel like when I'm going into a session, it's a lot of, like, okay, I'm going to do, like, part of the DLC, work on that. But then, like, just do something, like, back in Night City. And just kind of, like, try, like, a side quest or something like that. So I'm very much enjoying that, I think, kind of just diving back into that world. And I have still have plenty of time until, you know, uh, Alan Wake 2 comes out, which is like the game I'm starting sure. to get copium for. But like, it's not copium because I think it'll be good. But, you know, you, you know how it is around here. Um, So, yeah, I mean, until that comes out, I kind of just I want this. I want Cyberpunk to kind of hold me over until then. So that's kind of what I've been uh, chipping fair. away at. But but yeah, I mean, outside of uh, outside of Cyberpunk, I don't think um. I don't think I've really played like too much else. I'm kind of, that's just like my main game right now. So it's like what I'm kind of devoting most of my gaming time to uh, these days. But, you know, definitely going to change in a couple weeks. But right now I'm just kind of trying to ride it out until Alan Wake. So <laughs> we'll see how uh, that nice, works. Man. But yeah, dude, that's, you know, that's it. I'll say that, you know, watching sports for the boys. I mean, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming back. You know, we got, really do. got yeah. hockey back. We got basketball starting to roll around again soon. So it's like, you know. Kind of just uh, enjoying some of that as well, but that's it for me, dude. I don't know. You playing any guitar here this week? Rocket League? What have you been playing, Mike? Dude, I shockingly I didn't play any guitar here. I've been thinking about it uh, for a while. Funny that you mentioned. I was I was about to like get on, and while while I was waiting for you to join me, I was like, maybe I should play a couple of songs, right? Just I don't know, a little bit of laziness. I I don't know, man. Like uh, I I've been riding my bike around as much as I can. The weather's not like super brutal like oh, it yeah. is in the summer it's nice this time of year huh yeah it's really nice so i was just trying to get some rides in before the rain comes because you know when that rain hits it's going to be like constant yeah. uh yeah. yeah but in terms of gaming man yeah rocket league i've been getting really close to getting to that champ rank i i swear it's like it's me against the world half the time <laughs> it's like i keep going against like three stacks and my two teammates are clearly not at the same level as everybody else in the lobby I'm like, I, I might need to find two other people to play with. I know the two other people I'd play with to get over the hump. So, you know, that, I could probably guess something. I'm I not going consider. to, but I probably could. <laughs> yeah, you definitely know who it is. <laughs> so, that's been on my mind a little bit, but I've been playing a lot of Counter Strike 2. And I did my first, like, I think, I can't remember the last time I played ranked Counter Strike. It's been like a decade. So, <laughs> oh I consider it like this mm -hmm. is the first time I played ranked Counter Strike in a long time. So, I've just been doing that, man um shockingly i'm not bad but again this is like a game that has 
matchmaking taken into account. So I've had multiple instances where I just like straight up carry my team in a couple of rounds, like doing clutch plays to make things work. And dude, the level of dopamine that I feel, oh, it's through the roof. It's so awesome. awesome. Good to hear, dude. Good to hear. Yeah, got my first ace ever. Felt good. That was pretty sick. Man, did not record it. Definitely stinks. But I did take the screenshot because I was like, I got to take the screenshot just to make sure that people know. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I remember getting an yes, ace sir. in Valorant. Felt good, you know? Similar style yeah. game. Like, it just feels good, man, when you just, like, you have one round where you just pop off. So, oh, yeah, yeah, just destroy everybody. And it was really good, too, because, like, the team got absolutely decimated. We were about to get <laughs> goose. Like, it was yeah. really, really bad. I think it was, like, 12 to 0. They only needed one more round or something. And mm. we were going into it, and everybody basically gave up. I'm just like, nah. Nah. So I just took everybody <laughs> out, got all headshots. They're like, oh, shit. Like, everybody's freaking out, popping off. And I'm like, yeah, it was nice. And then I just messaged in the chat. I was like, I'm not getting goosed. <laughs> like, that's the one. <laughs> like, that ain't happening. <laughs> so. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, I respect it. Oh, man, yeah. that's great. That's great, dude. So we have a ton of articles to talk about, all from Sony, which is pretty cool. Not all of them, really. But the first amount, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like I would say half. 50%, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, do it. Do we, like, yeah. Yeah, we got some stuff to go over, you know? Um, and then Sony announced a lot of stuff this week, which, you know, helps us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Mike? Yes, sir. These announcements. And we we got to start off, I know. I probably could have ended the show with this one, but, like, I don't know, man. I, I just felt like if we're doing the Sony stuff, let's just, like, do it in one go. So we're starting That's off true. with a big one, you know? Um, probably the it. biggest uh, Sony stuff to come out this week. Uh, got this, of course, Tom Warren from The Verge on it as per usual um sony's new ps5 with a removable disc drive launches in november um this new 500 ps5 will replace the original disc version and in turn its ultra hd blu-ray drive is a removable piece you can also buy for 80 dollars. big stuff big stuff coming out here the next uh, iteration of playstation so Sony officially announced a new PS5 model with a detachable disk drive and a one terabyte of internal storage. Often referred to as a PS5 Slim, in quotes, this new model is slightly slimmer and shorter than the existing one, but will crucially replace both the PS5 and the PS5 Digital Edition. In the US, the new model will cost $500 with the drive included, while the PS5 Digital Edition will be $450. Um, the new PS5 has a significant overall reduction in volume by more than 30 percent and up to 24 percent reduction in weight uh, depending on which model you end up getting sony now has a bulge at the side of the ps5 for the disc drive uh, which can be removed and replaced with a side panel so they like kind of uh they, they you know they have like a little kind of reveal video a little 20 second preview kind of showing it but if it you like look at it yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I will say it's sleek. Yeah. Sleek. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think it's. I think the idea that it's like removable and you can kind of get rid of it. I I like that idea. Yeah. I think. Um, I think it was one of the things that you know when it came to the PS5, like whenever the PS5 first launched, like you didn't have the ability to like have a choice, right? Like you either like right. once you, whatever you got, you were locked into kind of thing. So, I mean, I think it's cool for them to kind of be like, you know, let's give the consumer more choice because, you know, it's always a always a beautiful thing. 
And uh, yeah, in this case, if you want to get a disk drive, like I mean, if you get a digital edition and later on you want a disk drive, I mean, granted, it is $30 extra in the long term, like compared to just buying, paying $50 extra, like at the, you know, at the jump and just getting it. Um, <clears throat> that's certainly, uh, certainly a trade-off, but I mean, I think having that choice is a huge thing. So I, I think it's cool to see. Um, it's not like, it's not like a, this isn't like a huge, like hardware, like, this isn't like a PS5 Pro, right? Like this is just, a, you know, kind of a, a, a mid kind of cycle just kind of slim down which you know playstation i feel like is known for across all other consoles True. so that's definitely what this is um and uh continuing on the article there are four separate cover panels uh, with the top portion and a glossy look while the bottom remains in matte um, said Sid Schumann, the senior director of SIE Content Communications, in a blog post. If you purchase the base PS5 digital edition, you can add the Blu-ray disc drive at a later date, as Sony is selling it separately for $80. Uh, there is now two slits on each side with dual USB-C ports at the front instead of USB-C to A ports that are available on the current PS5. The horizontal stand will be included with the new PS5 model, and the vertical one that works with all PS5 models will be sold separately at $30. Both new PS5 models also include one terabyte of storage now instead of the 825 gigabytes found on the existing PS5. So, you know, slight kind of boost there in the storage, right? I mean, I feel like, because like it, yeah. when I hear like the A25, like it makes me think like, is it like 100, what, what is it, 175 of like just OS files? <laughs> like It seems yeah. like kind of weird, right? Like just a random number. But yeah, the fact that they're kind of rounding that out is pretty neat. Um, yeah, I mean, I think USB-C, like, you know, that's the new standard, right? So, I mean, it, it doesn't is. surprise me that that's kind of, you know, the way things are rolling. Um, certainly kind of new, new stuff there. Um, yeah, and they, uh, so the new PS5 model will be released in November at the um, in the U.S. at select retailers and at Sony's PlayStation Direct site for, for $450 without a drive and $500 with one. Uh, we'll continue to roll out globally in the following months. Once inventory of the current PS5 model is sold out, the new PS5 will become the only model available. In Europe, it will be priced at uh, 450 uh, pounds. I'm trying. Is that euros? I'm trying to remember what the <laughs> yes, is. That, that is euros. That's yeah. euros. Um, for the digital Correct. edition, uh, 550 with the drive. In the UK, it'll be 480 with the drive and um, 389 for the digital edition. And that's pounds, right? I mean, that's that's pounds. That's yeah. <laughs> the pound. Like, I don't. It looks like a. I don't know. What it looks UK like. uses pounds and uh, Europe uses euros. AKA quid. So you know. Quit. Um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of have a little bit of slang, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> um, the official announcement of this updated PS5 comes months after the device leaked and after reports last year suggest that Sony will be working on a PS5 with a detachable drive. Uh, Sony also just wrapped up its first PS5 sale um, with steep price drops in the UK, Germany, India, and elsewhere. Um, and then it also, kind of at the end of the article, it shows a picture of how like the detachable drive looks and how it kind of works. Um, but yeah, I mean, Again, like I said, not a PS5 Pro, but you know, I, I think it's a pretty cool upgrade. Um, I think the stand looks pretty neat too, like the metal stand. Um, it I, does look clean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this showed it, but like there is like if you lay it horizontal, there is like a little metal rod that kind of comes out of one of the indentations to kind of it's a small little oh, metal piece really? that kind of sticks down to level out the console. Is it <laughs> is it kind of like a uh, what's it called? Um. Well, what's the term? A bike stand? Like a little kickstand? A little bit, yeah. So you yeah, you know, like some phone cases have that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that. It's, it's like metal. And so it's just a little peg that just kind of comes out. You can actually stand it on the side. 
That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. There was a lot of memes I saw about like you know saying like the PS5 was like your life problems, and then like the little stand was like that one thing giving you hope. Yeah, where you rest your hope or prayers to fix like all your problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that little stand is the thing holding your uh, world together. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I saw a lot of stuff like that. I thought it was pretty funny. But like overall, I mean. I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it's cool. It's a detachable disc drive. It's cool that it's smaller. I mean, the original PS5, from what I saw, um, especially in person, the thing was huge. So it's like, you know, getting the smaller version is always nice. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to get kind of a mid-cycle refresh on it. And I think this kind of like, again, this is the norm, right? Like, whenever Sony starts it, it out, they, they make these big devices and they include a bunch of stuff. Um, and sometimes they even compromise on some of that stuff with their slim models. But I mean, in this case, it seems like it's just kind of the, you know, a better version, right? So um, yeah. it's good to see. and. Yeah, it's his. Uh, it's kind of the first of the Sony stuff, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Mike. What do you think? You like the mid refresh, mid cycle refresh Sony's putting out? Yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a good idea, and I think it's going to be a trend for what PlayStation's going to keep doing with their hardware. I think I don't think you and I have ever talked bad about their hardware. It's more about their like cloud gaming stuff that we've gotten tired of yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. may, maybe not tired of. Like we just feel like it's lacking. Uh, I think this just goes to show because. The PS5 Edge controller, their like premier controller for the PS5, is a modular device as well. And now they're turning their uh, console semi-modular. Right. And I'm sure they're gonna like. There's also memory slots you can add in all these different things. I I really like the USB-C integration that they're putting in. Getting ahead, I think. Like that's yeah. basic. That should be the new standard moving forward. Um, right. It already basically is, and it's going to be now that Apple also has to make it. So it's USB C. So right. it's pretty cool. I I have nothing against it. I, and I think it's just a fairly standard like upgrade in the mid cycle, like you said. Yeah, sure. I mean, I like the modularity. I think it's sick. And I mean, you know, we always have to yeah. credit Sony for having the ability to just you could just take an M dot two, right? And slot it in there. And that's your extra storage. Yes. Unlike this yep. proprietary weird looking like nonsense thing dude that the xbox has. that the uh, xbox does yeah <sighs> dude, there's man. some hackers that can get around it but i mean yeah i i think if xbox finds out about it because it's always connected to the online servers it's like they'll ip ban you from being online or something wouldn't doubt it dude yeah yeah we gotta them for that um i mean yeah. obviously when it comes to hardware not everything's been great we had that you know the q handheld whatever that was like that's obviously in like not the i mean the hardware itself looks really sick right but it's just kind of the yeah. feature it just lacks so many features that wouldn't make it i think like a top tier piece of hardware so you know, gotta credit that but yeah i mean outside of that man like sony knows what's up i think with a lot of the stuff um especially on the console side so looking pretty I, sick i would definitely agree with that looking pretty sick you know what else looking pretty sick like <laughs> yeah something that by playstation but by sony more so yeah. and this this is pretty interesting um yeah, let, let's just get into it. So it's another article from The Verge. Uh, the first three articles are from The Verge, and they're all involving Sony, which is pretty cool. Is it by the same? No, this one's by uh, Chris Welch. And the title of the article is, Sony announces new gaming earbuds, not to be confused with the PlayStation earbuds. The $200 in-zone buds offer low latency and very lengthy battery life at up to 12 hours of continuous listening. Every time I see that now, 12 hours continuous listening, you sent me how many emojis of the eyebrows just 
<laughs> just up and down. It's like, yeah. Up and down. Yeah, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and get into it. So Sony Electronics has just announced the $200, $199.99, so $200, in-zone buds, its first gaming-focused pair of wireless earbuds. The company says the earbuds are designed to optimize battery life with up to 12 hours of continuous use and deliver audio at the lowest latency possible. Pre-orders begin today. At the publishing of this article was October 10th. So go check it out. Uh, and the new earbuds will ship this month. The in-zone buds support a variety of devices, including the PS5, PCs, and mobile gadgets. In most of those cases, you'll connect using the included USB-C dongle, which cuts latency to below 30 milliseconds. But the in-zone buds also support Bluetooth LE audio. Is that low? What's that? I don't even know what LE yeah, stands yeah, for I anymore. I have no idea. Hmm. We'll figure that out. So it supports Bluetooth LE audio, which could be a meaningful inclusion if you've got a recent high-end Android phone. Sony is very much touting the 360 spatial audio capabilities of these new earbuds, but getting the most immersive experience out of them will require a few steps and software. So I believe this next segment is from Sony themselves. So sound field optimization creates a personalized hearing profile by taking photos of the user's ears using the 360 spatial sound personalizer smartphone app. What? <laughs> Are they using like... Like bats sonar, like <laughs> like <laughs> setting an echo in your ear to like sp do a three D rendering, <laughs> so they can yeah, perfect three sixty spatial audio. What it sounds like? That's wild. All right, so the in zone buds go one step further through the sound tone personalization feature, individualized to the ear canal by playing test sounds from the driver units and using feedback microphones to measure how the sound fills the ear canal. There's no way I just said that. And that's basically what they're saying. Yeah, we actually do. We send signals into your eardrum and then we see how it bounces back and do a 3D analysis. That's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. All right, so based on the acoustic analysis, the sound is then uploaded onto the Endzone Hub PC software where further personalization can be done to curate a truly personalized spatial listening experience with unparalleled spatial sound precision. That's wild, dude. Dang. Only for $200, too. That's kind of nuts. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. So the in-zone buds are designed to remain comfortable over lengthy gaming sessions, so Sony shaped them in a way that produces minimal pressure on your ears when they're in. They come with four sets of silicone ear tips, including an extra small size. And Sony says they use uh, Dynamic Driver X audio architecture as its F WF-1000X earbuds. Um, but from what the company told him, told uh, Chris over here in the article, is that while you certainly can use the in-zone buds for music and other non-gaming entertainment, they aren't tuned for that. Either way, you're still getting active noise cancellation and ambient sound modes for situations where you might want to use either of those. Sony PlayStation Division is nearing the launch of the Pulse Explorer earbuds, which is uh, which promises lossless audio and the new PlayStation Link protocol that lets them pair with the PS5 and PlayStation Portal with ultra-low latency. And wouldn't you know it, they cost the same, $200. But the end zone buds will have some native integration with the PS5 UX, 
uh, you'll see their connection status, volume, battery level, and whether the microphone is muted. And Chris goes on to say that he wishes that Sony would plan things out to be better leveraged in its ecosystem and bring more cohesion to all of it. Why not make the products like the WF-1000XM5 and PS5 work together instead of churning out so many different earbuds? That's a fair thing to it's say. Fair point. I think it's a fair point. Yeah, I will, I will raise that. Only because I deal with like the IEMs that are recommended that you use. And each one of those IEMs is like tuned for in-ear monitors for people that don't know are tuned for a specific type of instrument or a specific type of range of frequencies. So maybe Sony can't have everything all in once just yet because of the technology isn't there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a that thought. All, that's fair. Yeah, I think they give thought. it fair. Yeah, it seems to me that the end zone buds would be the best option for people of everyday use that aren't well, first of all, if you're a competitive gamer, you shouldn't use wireless earbuds. That's just my opinion. You should always use wired. But if you're like a casual gamer and you just want to have an everyday driver, kind of, that will get you from like point A to point B in, the, in, the, in a comparison level to sound and what you would like to use, maybe going to the gym, you just want to have something to listen to, or you like listening to podcasts, shout out to us. Shout out. Um, just like... That might be the earbuds to go with, but if you want something very specific to gaming, which matters, by the way, like gaming has a very unique thing, like for certain games, like shooters, you want to have like good high pitches, then low um, grenade blasts, like that kind of stuff, like low levels for grenades and like understanding spatial awareness and stuff to really tune in. That might be more towards the Sony PlayStation's Pulse Explorer earbuds. Um, Yeah, I think it's good evaluation, you know? I think uh, I feel like if you want a good, nice noise canceling, uh, spatial audio tuned piece of earbuds that is uh, not, you know, um, Apple AirPods. Yeah, that's part for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you true. Um, yeah, but I think I I think it's really cool they do the active noise cancellation. I think that's like I feel like especially for you know earbuds and headphones nowadays, I feel like it's almost a must to have some form of noise cancellation, right? Like active, yes. like active noise cancellation. That is, um, and I know like because even even some gaming headsets too. I mean the the new uh, Steel Series headset, the right, not probably not so new anymore, but like the Nova headsets. I mean those yeah. have active noise cancellation, um, which I think is pretty dope. So you know, especially in environments where you know probably want to tune everything out. Um, yeah. yeah, and if you're if you're like in a city or something like that, you know, you're walking right, like you just want to shut out the world or something then yeah i think yeah, having activated. some has some active noise cancellation can really help so um yeah i don't know i think for everyday use it'd be really cool um I, i'd be interested i'm really interested to try that like spatial audio kind of tuning see whether see how effective it actually is or if there's actually a noticeable difference sure. um like I, I i like the sound of it but it's one of those things like unless i tried it i'd be like i feel like it wouldn't be that different from you know other <laughs> earbuds that act noise cancellation but i don't know i could be wrong what do i know you know like no i would like to check that out too i think i think it'd be a good idea 200 dollars. i feel like it's kind of pricey um how yeah. do you do you have apple airpods um i have like the those, gen gen one but like those i think are, going for like now like 250 bucks or something like that i think yeah like the pros and they're a lot yeah, yeah but i know those are fantastic and the cool thing about those those earbuds that I think you get your money out of is when people use them 
and they're talking to people like using those earbuds the mic is really good oh yeah and they 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 figured that out yeah. and i i can say that like i have i have some stuff like the iems that i got that my wireless ones they have a mic for them too and i try to communicate with people and it'll work when i'm indoors but usually when i'm calling i'm out and about and like i live in the city now yeah. So if I'm out on the street and a like a fire truck goes by, you can't hear me at all. <laughs> you, like you can barely hear me when the wind blows. So yeah. it's like it completely defeats the purpose. So I'm curious if these Sony earbuds, both of them, will have good enough mics that if there's things in the background like wind or cars passing by or like whatever, if you're at a park, you can still be heard. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, and to that point too, I think um, Apple's always gotten audio like like nailed pretty pretty firmly they really do i mean even yeah. like even the older macbooks and stuff like that was one of the things about the macbook is like the mic on it was insane like just out of the box like <laughs> open it up it go on a video good. call it's like that's a really good quality so i mean yeah, yeah it's like something i feel like apple's always like been really good about it's something they've always like prioritized i feel like in their r&d so doesn't surprise yeah. me but yeah um yeah dude i mean Air- airpods i think are um yeah, I, mean, I I think they're great. It's it's one of those things I have like I mean I still use these. I mean I've had these for like four or five years, and like I still I use them. I think at some point I probably will upgrade to like a pair of the pros just so I can have the active like noise cancellation. Um, but yeah, I mean I don't know. Outside of that, I think it's uh I think they're uh, I think they're pretty sick. So yeah, I mean I'm always a fan of that. But I mean you know what Sony's doing here. I mean you know these Enzo buds. Who knows, dude? They could uh they could be a uh, they could be something that people check out and. They're certainly trying to have some way to, um, you know, personalize it and kind of make the experience a little better. So I give it to them for sure. that. But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think the inclusion of like a USB C dongle is pretty dope too, because like it'll make probably connecting to stuff easier. Um, if it's not Bluetooth, if you know, of course it's not Bluetooth, it'll make it easier. But but yeah, it's um interesting stuff. I'll say that definitely interesting. It, it, I will say it looks very sleek, very clean, and yeah. I'm into it. Very much looking forward to people reviewing it. Oh, show. You know what else you're going to review? Is how people might feel about the next topic for Sony. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, ladies and gentlemen, you, are you ready for this article title? I don't think you are. Sony. No. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> Sony will let you stream PS5 games to the PS5. Very soon. Okay. Boom. Go. Thanks for watching. Bad time. We'll be back next week. <laughs> uh, when? All right. The Verge. Jay Peters. I love how each Verge article we've gotten different author. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. All three of them we've been covering for ages now. And, uh, feels like. Feels like. Uh, yeah. So depending on what region you live in, you might be able to stream PS5 games in a matter of days. Mike. Hear that? Matter of days. We better be getting it first. Not months. Northern Days. Hemisphere, gang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sony. Sony is set to officially launch the ability to play cloud-streamed PS5 games on your PS5 in Japan, Europe, and North America. Beginning later in October, the company announced a PlayStation blog post on Wednesday. Streaming PS5 games will be a perk for people who subscribe to the PlayStation Plus Premium, the most expensive tier on Sony's PlayStation Plus offerings which recently got a price hike. Sony plans to roll out the feature in phases uh, with the below target releases for each region. Guess who gets it first, Mike? 
Japan. Japan. October 17th. Of Europe course. gets it the 23rd. And North America, the day before Halloween. That's crazy, bro. You know? I mean, I understand it. Because, you know, Japan-based company, but like, dang. Yeah. Oh, mean, two weeks afterwards. Regardless, very happy for Japan and Europe. To start, Sony is promising that you'll be able to stream select PS5 games, but it plans to have hundreds, in quotes, of PS5 games available for streaming down the line. Cloud streaming compatible games will include titles from the PlayStation Plus game catalog, digital games players might own, like Resident Evil 4, Genshin Impact, and Fortnite, and even game trials for titles like Hogwarts Legacy, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. However, Sony didn't specify which of these games will be available when the feature initially rolls out. Sony also says you'll be able to pick your preferred streaming resolution, with options including 4K, 1440p, 1080p, and 720p. However, Sony says that PS5 game streaming will only work on PS5s at launch, uh, which, leads, which leads Jay Peters to think that you'll be able to stream PS5 games to other devices at some point in the future. I love, don't you love like the wording? Okay. You can dissect the wording in a lot of this okay. stuff. But like, yeah. all right. All right, Sony. Okay. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, yeah, it sounds like we're going to be able to get some mobile games up in here. Well, not mobile games, mobile gaming. Mayhaps. Right? Mayhaps. Imagine, imagine playing, dude. Imagine playing. <laughs> Last of PS, Us on a phone. Please, <laughs> my phone, dude. I, oh, that'd be sick. That's um, so sick. Sony has been gearing up for a cloud gaming push for a while now. I would, I would agree too. They kind of, you know, a little late, but they're getting here. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Like, it takes a little it bit. Is, yeah. Very late. <laughs> <laughs> Started its official test of cloud streaming, uh, cloud stream PS5 games in June. Cloud streaming seems like it would be a natural fit for the forthcoming PlayStation Portal handheld, but that device only supports streaming games over Wi-Fi from your PS5. Sad. Uh, fingers crossed that the cloud stream to PS5 games will work well. We'll look forward to trying them out to see how well they play. Oh, Mike. It's Let's finally, go, dude. It's finally happening, dude. Let's it's go. I, by the way, real quick, I don't know who has the internet capabilities to do 4K streaming of Sony games. Just saying. I don't know. That's going to be hella latency. You need to. But, you better have a gig hey, at best. <laughs> a gig oh, at least. Easy, you know? You, well, not just that. You need like barely any ping. <laughs> like, That's true too. But you know what hardwired mean? in. You know what I'm saying hardwired in. You got to cut sure. out that middleman mic. You have to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Plug directly into the server like Neo in the last <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> oh man. I mean, dude, this is the thing. Like we've talked about XCloud for so long, and like XCloud is great. I think um, it is. And like I think like when I was playing Fable this Two, this is on cheaper, XCloud, by the way. Yeah, it is. Like when I was playing um. When I was playing Fable 2 on xCloud, I think the biggest thing was, like, there definitely was noticeable controller latency, but at least for me, in a game like that, it's not... It didn't affect the gameplay to a point where I didn't want to play, you know? So it's like... True. Like, I could deal with that. I, I think the big thing, too, and I'm curious to see kind of if Xbox has some way of kind of alleviating that is, you know, at some point, especially with the new controllers, like, if the controller could just, like... Uh, like I don't know, connect to the Wi-Fi. So, because <laughs> like, I think they kind of oh, talked about that. Like, they I see like, what you're saying. Direct to cloud or whatever they were calling it in the new controller. Like, if there was a way to kind of cut out that middleman between the console and like the server kind of thing, and I feel like they're trying to engineer some way to do that. And so it's got me kind of intrigued about the new controller and like what could come out of that. 
um especially from those leagues that would be so bizarre it would be weird i, I mean i i mean i don't know right now there's no other way they could i feel like they could cut out like the latency or anything unless they just like took the controller and somehow was able to like direct connect it like you know it sounds weird but um you would you would yeah. basically have to like yeah i don't know man i mean the only other option like the easiest option it's going to be expensive is just rip out the entire infrastructure of whatever continent you're on and then put in like high cable lines that make it so mm. there's way less latency but that's extremely expensive you know like some countries yeah. don't even have power lines or any of the cables above ground it's all underground you know yeah it's like it's, true. it's very yeah um it's crazy dog is dreaming sorry to- <laughs> dog streaming over here and then there's a dog outside that barked at the same time so sorry i was very confused that's why you just saw me basically spaz out i think he woke himself up from a dream and then, i'm sorry i like i i was like that like i barely picked it up and you just heard like a yeah i don't know what that was oh boy, he's got a really bad itch i guess uh, i don't know woke himself up he's like you're just like scratching himself <laughs> Oh, oh, man. man, but going on uh, what I was saying about like the PlayStation Plus Premium, it is $160, which is basically 13 14 bucks a month. And ex- the Ultimate Game Pass is $16 a month. So Ultimate Game Pass, you can argue, is more because you got more games, you have more variety, and you can play it on PC, your tablet, your phone, your whatever that can connect to the internet and download the Xbox app. So might be worth the $3 more but yeah. yeah it's good it's really good to see though man this is exciting this is really exciting like we're one step closer until i get a sony tv and i get to play <laughs> playstation games bro oh <laughs> uh, yeah um it's uh yeah <laughs> one step closer to the dream of ad mike you know what i'm saying yeah that's that's what i'm saying that's that could be the other device it's like some people forget sony has a lot of stuff out there man a lot so yeah, yeah i'm sure excited do. They sure do. You know, there, there's something that game devs seem kind of excited about recently. Um, What's up? Somebody getting clapped? I mean, <laughs> according to Kotaku. You know, we haven't read a Kotaku article in a while, so, you know, I'm just going to, we we have to we have to let the listeners know. We haven't read, we haven't, like, actually read a Kotaku article in a while. So That's just be prepared, time, you know? Actually. That's all I'm saying. Just be prepared yeah. for uh, what we're about it's to lay out some, here. There's usually some type of fire. So this is basically... I don't. I wouldn't find this a surprise, would you, Kyle? I mean, it's basically writings on the wall after a lot of the stuff that we've covered. Um, we're talking about Unity and Unity, like the game de- developer publisher software company. Um, yeah. So apparently, one of the game gaming industry's most hated CEOs, Unity, is going to say goodbye. <laughs> I love how the article says again. <laughs> so okay. Kotaku. Uh, the the, uh, the writer is Ethan Gatch, who we've yeah. covered before multiple times. Um, and oh, oh, you! I see what you did. You gave me this article because you didn't know how to pronounce his last name, and you know I don't know how to pronounce the last name. I mean, I won't so, say that's the reason, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of so, ended up that way. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So John Resitelio. Resetelli, yo. I see, like I see the is double it, L, and I just go to Spanish, like e. Me too, like, because know, like North te-yo. American bound, we're in the south, <laughs> like like yo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's Elo. It, well, he's Italian, so John Rick. John Resetelli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Or is yeah. that Dealey? John, yeah, maybe. That's what it's going to be. John Rick. I like that. John Rick. So John Rick is retiring from Unity after torching the company's reputation. Ooh. <laughs> Let's get into it, bro. So CEO John has retired from game development software company Unity after possibly its worth worst month of bad headlines ever. The tech company that slowly morphed into the, an in-game advertising firm announced a confusing and seemingly predatory new set of fees for game makers in September, only to walk the policy back after studios threatened to abandon the Unity engine moving forward. Sheesh. Yep. James Whitehurst, former head of the IBM-acquired open-source software company Red Hat, will take over the take over from John as interim CEO while Unity's board of directors search for a long-term replacement. It's been a privilege to lead Unity for nearly a decade and serve our employees, customers, developers, partners, all of whom have been instrumental of the company's growth, says the CEO that is out the door in a press release. <laughs> he also continued saying, I look forward to supporting Unity through this transition and following the company's future success. John joined Unity back in 2014, shortly after leaving Electronic Arts. Oh, well, that's, that explains it. Uh, it it explains everything, Mike. Oh. oh, man. That explains... Okay. It explains I had to walk everything. that one. You worked in Electronic Arts? And you got greedy at a different cup? Oh, no way. No way, dude. That's crazy. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. We got a couple of uh, paragraphs on this one. So I guess at Electronic Arts, he oversaw the game engine's company shift from one-time licensing fees to an ongoing subscription model, launched the IPO in 2020, and made a series of acquisitions. Just crush this dog. <laughs> including the in-app monetization firm Iron Source in 2022. When Unity first went public, its stock price was around $68. Today, it's just over $30. Get absolutely wrecked. Um, Destroyed. (laughs) Once synonymous with the explosion of creativity and experimental design in the indie gaming space, Unity is being left by John a month after a bungled... Bungled? Yeah, bungled? Bungled? Bungle, bungled? Bungled? I think it is bungled. I don't know why. It's a weird choice My of words. My man, but... okay. Where are you at? Ethan Gatch? Interesting <laughs> choice of words, brother. Uh, bungled new monetization strategy rollout burned bridges with tons of game mem- uh, makers. The initial messaging made it sound like game developers might be charged fees every time their game was installed, including retroactivity. A follow-up apology by President and General Manager Mark Witten later clarified that the new terms would only apply beginning 2024 and laid out much bigger carve-outs for smaller studios whose games don't hit a certain threshold of income. But for many developers, it was too late. Their trust in the company had already been irrevocably... Yes. Irrevocably. Irrevocably. Oh, we made it, boys. I studied engineering, not English. Shaken. Relogic, maker of the Steam, hit... Terraria pledged $200,000 towards the creation of a unique competitor, and Slay the Spire dev Megacrit says it will still move to a rival game software platform, Godot. Sheesh. Sheesh. You know, you know what my Rethinking. choice? Hold on. You know what my choice of words yeah. here is? I would say with that Unity 
being left yes. by John a month after it botched its new monetization strategy. That's that's my that, that's what I would that's say. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Okay, continue. So rethinking monetization more aggressively was also on John's legacies at EA. His seven years at FIFA, now EA Sports FC, and Battlefield publisher saw it experiment with day one DLC, microtransactions, and a focus on post-launch content. Brother, let me tell you something real quick. A little, little bit of a rant. Just you're doing the flex. <laughs> little, real quick. Um, day one DLC sends me to another realm of tilt. <laughs> like, to a shadow realm of tilt. Because it's like, bro, if... This is like it really, really upset me. Not for free to play games. It is what it is, okay. But like when you paid sixty, sixty plus dollars for a brand new AAA title, and then you load up, and they're like, "Here, check this link to go download the new maps." It's like, what do you mean the new maps? This game's brand new. If you don't like, because you know what that means, right? It means they finished the game. But while they were finishing up the game, they were simultaneously making more things for the game. And they launched it without it being in the game. Like, like they finished it. <laughs> Just put it in the game, right? <laughs> it would probably be I, a more complete game, too, if you just put imagine. the content in the base game. You know what I'm saying? Ima it's, it's like how Halo, right now, you, <laughs> the only way to play is Master Chief Collection is you have to beat... Or not Master Chief Collection. The only way to play is Master Chief <laughs> in Halo Infinite is you have to max rank your character. Bro, like, I paid for the campaign. <laughs> Give me the damn armor. What's wrong with you? What year are we in? <laughs> like, some dystopian hellscape of AAA Studios. I don't know, I'm, I'm tilted. Chapter 5! Chapter 5! Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> They're gonna get cooked. So, I mean, karma happens, as you can see from this article. Oh, so, let's... A little bit, little bit of, uh, what's it called? Digression. Or, like, jumping all over the place. Uh... Okay, so while there was no week-long crisis moment on the scale of what happened at uni last month, it's clear he helped usher in the company's current live service era, which many players now feel nickel and dimed by. Madden and FIFA's loot box modes were both added while he was head of EA, though they didn't become the billion-dollar windfalls they are today until the tenure of his successor, current CEO Andrew Wilson. I'm sure he did the same exact thing with Battlefront. Battlefront was really bad with loot boxes. Unreal. Yeah. I, the greedy CEOs. Oh, I, I don't know if I can read that quote right there, but we're going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I saw? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, underlined know. in anything. Yeah, to talk around it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> all, right, all right. So perhaps nothing summed up John's time at both EA and Uni better than another controversial incident last year. In an interview at PocketGamer.biz in July 2022, he called developers who don't think about monetization early in the process effing idiots. Oof. <laughs> he didn't say effing. <laughs> so he immediately walked the comments back the next week, call, calling articles about clickbait that took his comment out of context, but later apologized, saying he would he should have chosen his words more carefully. That unforced error came shortly after the company revealed hundreds of layoffs at the same time it was buying Iron Source in a $4.4 billion all-stock deal. 600 more were laid off at Uni earlier this year. Meanwhile, John, in addition to the millions he has in Uni stock, will be kept on salary until April 2024. God, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy out here. Mike has left the building. 
<laughs> Dude, you got me tilted. What is that? You didn't read the update though. It gets better. Yeah. It gets better. Okay. Update. Uh the eleventh, four fifty PM Eastern time. SF Gate reports that John is set to earn up to eight point four million through stock options over the next six months. That's in addition to the roughly two hundred and fifty three million he already holds in current unity stock. This dude is basically a billionaire. Cashew, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Oh, no, believe it. These crooked CEOs treating everybody like trash, calling them effing idiots. <laughs> and then he just walks off to the bank, bro. To the yeah. Swedish bank that doesn't taxes. You know, Hashtag anyway. capitalism. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? You give, you give $253 million dollars in unity stock. $253 million. Do you know how much money that we, is? You have to lay people off, Mike. Can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Can't pay for him. Can't I mean, he's not it. buying it. The company's buying it. I get it, but like... This is the bro, thing, those dude. are jobs. Those are people with lives, bro. You, you take like... I mean, it would never That's happen, a, right? You take like 20 million. They're good for a year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> dude. Oh, it's unreal. I've already... My minimum, dude, is two and a half mil. Two and a half mil, you can put that into the stock market and realistically take out like 75, 80 grand a year. You're good to go. You don't need anything else. Set for life. You set for life. Just never Pretty touch much, the principal. Know. Let it live off the interest rates that you're getting from it. It's, it it's is like, free real estate, Mike. There's ways around this. Is. What we're saying is support your fellow employees, you know? So that's what we're saying. <laughs> treat people like humans, bro. And treat game Not devs. Like with some respect. You know what I mean? This is unreal. That would hurt me working underneath somebody like that. That yeah, would hurt my spirit. Like, that that capitalism, really bro, it hits hard. You know what I'm saying? Just, 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 it seethes, dude. It like, it's yeah. just a melting lava underneath the world, you know? Yeah, look at the smuck, too. Like, he looks like a total schmuck. He <laughs> basically. I just I just made two hundred fifty million dollars. Like I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm about to make a eight, eight million stock option. Yeah, I'm on salary until April of next year. I don't know what to tell you. Jeez. <laughs> oh, All right. Let's let's change the topic to something a little bit more exciting. I think possibly. Yeah. I mean, like the game's exciting, but sure. it's not. I mean, can I be real with you, Kyle? Like, why in the world would you possibly play on a Mac anyway? Like, why would you play? Oh my gosh, games on a Mac? dude. I don't have a Mac. I'm just asking. I'm asking. I'm asking the question. We'll probably, we need to do a poll. I'm sure we have Mac users that listen to the show. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll be listening on a Mac do. right now. Can you believe yeah. this guy, Mac users? God, you are you playing on Counter? You playing trying to play <laughs> Counter Strike on it? Like, let me know. You playing Overwatch? Like, no, nah, but you play. You can play Resident Evil on it though. I mean, come on. Oh, okay, that's fair. Resident Evil's a good game. Sure. <laughs> listen, we got an article for PC Gamer. All right. Rich Stanton over at PC Gaming, he says, uh, Valve is drawing a stark line in the sand with Counter-Strike 2. They're saying bye-bye to Mac players, and one that I think is, I'm surprised I didn't do this already, 32-bit systems. I We should do a poll. Who uses a 32-bit system nowadays? Dude, there's I'm, definitely, there's, there's, there's no probably way. more people using like 32-bit systems than there are people using Mac. <laughs> <laughs> like, for, gaming, just for gaming yeah oh, for gaming for gaming <laughs> but you know what's awesome the linux operating system remains supported 
<laughs> Linux. <laughs> we gonna talk about Mac Mike Linux. All right. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. I'm into sorry, it. Mac users, but these Linux guys. <laughs> <laughs> these programming geniuses. All right. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Counter-Strike <laughs> Counter 2 seems to have got off to a solid start. And according to Mad Mike, yeah, he would support that statement. But a few weeks after launch, Valve has announced some big decisions. These will only affect a small number of players, but even so, this is a real line in the sand that reflects the developer's ambition to develop this game for a decade or more. What do you okay. think about that statement, Mike? you agree? Decade or more? Oh, Counter Strike Two, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that's fair. Um, to to just like add a little bit more context to Counter Strike, uh, they do have problems right now that need to be addressed before I can consider like esports ready. Oof. And yeah, I don't know if you follow any of the pros on Twitter. They, well, sorry, oh. X. They are uh, <laughs> they are upset to say the least. The, the hitboxes are inconsistent. The bullet spread feels a little bit more random than you like. Sometimes it should. Dang. Now I don't play at a very high level, but I'm noticing it where I'm just like, I shot that guy like three times in the head, and it nothing counted. It's like I saw my oh, bullet man. go through him, and yeah, and it's uh, it's not a connectivity issue when I'm pinging like less than fifteen every server. So. In yeah. a game like CS, uh, you need uh, you need that consistency, you know. So that's uh, stuff. That, that's true. That's true. But I mean, it's still a great game. So that, that was just a little bit of context I wanted to add it in after the uh, the first little sentence you brought up. Yeah, very true. In a quote from Valve, they said Counter Strike Two represents the largest technical leap in CS history, and our goal is to continue to develop Counter Strike for years to come. As technology advances, we have made the difficult decision to discontinue support for older hardware, including DirectX 9 and 32-bit operating systems. Similarly, we are no longer supporting Mac OS. And like Mac OS, yeah, sure. Um, 32-bit operating yeah. systems, I mean, you know. Yeah, you can't run the game on a true potato anymore, but you can get away with, That's you know. That's very true. Yeah, you can get away with 64, you know, regular system. So, sorry Apple fans, you're out. This may seem a rather hard-headed decision, but as Valve goes on to explain, all of these systems that are losing support, quote, represented less than 1% of active CSGO players. Very low number. I, be yeah. I believe that. And yeah. you gotta remember, people that play CSGO were in the millions. Yeah, literally so. daily. So, anyway, it also needs to be seen in the context of Apple's own recently announced game porting toolkit, which, uh, similarly to Valve's Proton technology for running Windows games on Linux, allows you to run unmodified Windows games on macOS, and therefore Macs and MacBooks. CS2 will, uh, in future, exclusively support 64-bit Windows and Linux, which is down to Steam Deck compatibility. Those who are unable to launch CS2 will now have access to what the developers are calling a legacy version of CSGO, uh, which will be supported until January 1st, 2024. Players who've recently bought Prime status, which unlocks certain in-game features, can apply for a refund if their purchase falls within the particular window of March 22nd, 2023, until September 27th, 2023, uh, CS2's launch. Refunds are available until December 1st of 2023. Oh, and Valve somehow always manages to get a uh, shot in at cheaters and griefers, and, there, and this is no exception. Accounts with bans are ineligible for refunds. 
Good. Good. Financial. Monetary Good. punishment. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Quit cheating. Good. <laughs> Quit cheating. Uh, developer describes a legacy version of CSGO as a frozen build of the game that has all of CSGO's features, barring official market matchmaking support. When Valve stops supporting the version of CSGO next January, the game will remain available, but it warns certain functionality like um, access to inventories may degrade and or fail. It's been clear since Valve announced CS2 that CSGO is being as is being disappeared. I don't sounds kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of like the when Overwatch 2 came out, it basically got rid of Overwatch. Makes sense. That's yeah. kind of that's how Counter Strike 2 is. Like CS:GO automatically upgraded to Counter Strike. Yeah. Uh, I just like the too. I like the way he worded it. CS:GO is being disappeared. Interesting. That is a weird way. Like... <laughs> and the yeah. developer arguably has good reason for this stance, uh, which also feels informed by the ex- uh, experience of CS:GO temporarily splitting the player base when it launched. CS:GO or CS2 has arrived in a relatively stable state in minor hotfixes to things like crouching hitboxes and knife spinning aside. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Certainly feels like the future for the granddaddy of the competitive FPS. Progress as ever has a price for some. You're staying with that article, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like you're saying, there's still some uh, still some things to sort out um, before yeah. official competitive um, play takes place. But I mean, I like some of the features they added to CS, like the smokes are like more realistic. You shoot through them and see through smokes now temporarily. That's pretty sick. Uh, the graphics overhaul, just beautiful, you know? Got a lot of people coming back, right? Like they want to get back yeah. on CS. Um, it's a different, been, it's a big enough of an update that like it's, you know, kind of a new game to a certain extent. So um, yeah. gets people back in. So to see. I mean, I mean, what do you think, Mike? Dude, Mike, are you going to compete in Cologne, Germany? Are you, are you going to go to... Uh, uh, well, first of all, I got to quit my job. Um, I, like I got to figure out my actual sensitivity for my mouse because right now i'm winging it dude i'm very much winging it and i got to figure out like the right posture i've like noticed trying to figure out like where to sit properly in my seat and i'm like i'm starting to learn it and now i'm like starting to get the headshots down i'm like okay okay okay. now um i'm not a stranger to competition and like lands and stuff but like counter-strike that's a different animal dude it's a different animal completely those guys are freaks of like nature they don't miss ever Ten thousand hours which is wild it's crazy. Easy. Bro, I got like 2,000. <laughs> I ain't got 10. 10's crazy. Um, pretty nuts, yeah. Yeah. I do think this is pretty interesting how their, their attempt, it's something that I never really realized and I see in other games like Call of Duty, um, other shooters, right? Call of Duty, Gears of War, or um, Titanfall would be a good example, or Halo, of course, is that because they upgraded CSGO to Counter-Strike 2, you can't split the player base. So they're saying that they had that issue with like CS Source and going to Counter-Strike uh, Global Offensive. Like still people were playing Source instead of playing Global Offensive. Global Offensive. And um, it makes sense how they would just say, you know what, screw it, let's just get rid of CSGO entirely and move on to Counter-Strike 2. And it looks like, it looks and feels the same exact way, but it's also slightly different enough to keep people coming back, like you said. Yeah. So. Sure. I think it's an interesting take. I never thought about that. That's why they did it with Overwatch 2 as well. Yeah. Just like sequel, more characters, just an update, much needed update. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like I think if you're gonna do that right, it's one of those things you have to stay you have to stay as close to the original game as possible, but also you have to make sure that those updates and everything don't uh are, are positive impact, right? You wanna make sure they don't like <laughs> like affect the game to the point where it's just like a totally different game and you can't go back because there's gonna be a lot of people like, oh I miss you, let's go. But like, I mean, I feel like Counter Strike 2 is kind of doing that, so good stuff to see there. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, True. ditching the Mac, I get it. Under one percent, yeah, of the actual players. I and, you know, that's still I a lot of people, it. though. Like I, I said, mean, yeah, millions of people playing the game, that's right? And I mean, one percent of millions. But also, like, if you're playing 10, CS:GO, 000. I mean, if you're playing CS:GO at that kind of level and you're trying to compete, dude, like, you know, you could get a gaming laptop or something. You know, I mean, that'd be crazy, right? I don't if know. You really I don't wanna... know, man. But listen, man, like, I mean, if you if you want to get a full <laughs> PC, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it, you know, but. You know, there's well, alternatives, I guess, is my point. Well, the first few times I played Counter-Strike 2, it actually crashed on me. I had to go look up new settings to try to like set it up. So it's not a perfect build right now to be run on a potato. And I think that's another reason why people are upset, because you got, I mean, you got a lot of, like, I don't want to say poor countries, but, like, not everybody has access to a 4080, you know? Yeah, so you, you got to keep in mind that, like, Counter-Strike was so popular because it was so easy to use and now or like to run and now that Counter-Strike 2 came out it's a little bit more complicated you have to do an extra couple of settings and hopefully calibrate for the hardware that you have and yeah. if you don't then what are you going to do because you can't go play CSGO anymore so you certainly can't <laughs> yeah I guess the next best option for you is to go save up try to get some new hardware yeah that's your only option man at this point I do something like that, and uh, yeah. So CS2, you know, it's great. It's wonderful. You know, I'm glad that it's here. It took a while, but it got here. It you know, it's also taken a while and is not getting here soon. Something that I called, that I called, bro. Didn't I say it? I done said it, bro. Oh, we got it. I'm. I might at the guy that made that comment <laughs> in the YouTube video. Listen, I'm, uh, yeah. Look, you seen the clip? I mean, first of all, appreciate <laughs> you, but like. I, mean, yeah, I really thing, do. Man, That's actually like, awesome. He said it straight. He he actually added a lot of context. It's true. So it's true. let's talk about it real quick about what we're talking about, and then we'll say his comment. Um, maybe not word for word. We're going to paraphrase. But essentially, this article is coming from GameSpot, one of the most like I think prestigious magazines back in the day, like for games, and it is by Eddie McCutch, McCutch, McCutch. It's got McCutch. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> So Eddie has written that Ubisoft's COD-style shooter. <laughs> Sorry, I got a dog here that's with a chew toy. Yeet. Yeet. He He's going to grab it, come back, and start squeaking. Can you hear it? Hope he can yeah, hear a little it. bit. A little bit. Oh, well, if he comes back again. Yep. We got to swap. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no, you're playing fetch now. <laughs> here. I mean, oh, he's, he's upset. He's adorable, you know? That's about to be a problem. Let me... All right, I'll hold, I'll hold a different chew toy behind my back. We're good to go. So this article by Eddie um, at GameSpot is about Ubisoft's uh, COD-style shooter, X-Defiant, delayed indefinitely. That's Bingo. crazy. So we talked about it before, X-Defiant being the COD-style remake by Ubisoft, but the developers are originally from COD, and it was supposed to come out 
what was it like a couple of months ago summer we last think, co- like, yeah <laughs> it kept getting delayed there was a beta and then it got delayed because it didn't make certain certifications for playstation and xbox and, and the we comment were like, that we were referring to we were like oh that's not good like you know what i mean like oh, it's, yeah you know if it's not making a story like yeah that's not the best I mean, thing right i mean no dude how many times have we seen something like this and we just clearly know like when we see a red flag maybe we're pessimistic too much you know it we've seen be, too you know? many red flags with like certain studios ubisoft being one of them electronic arts being another um and the all-time greatest disappointment in bethesda uh, they they I rebounded have, with Starfield. They watch did it. rebound, watch it, buddy. They they right. did rebound, but I gotta I gotta call a spade a spade, you know. So <laughs> they, yeah, X Defiant was basically one of those, and we we called it. We basically said we like, don't think it's going to be coming out anytime soon. They shouldn't yeah. have these types of issues this late in the game. Yeah, like I and, feel like uh, if you're getting that kind of stuff, it's like uh, I don't know if like you can just fix it in a couple weeks, <laughs> like like no. they were claiming. So and like by the time if they were to fix it in a couple weeks, right? You're talking about COD's less than a month away. Like you yes. have all these other like shooters, all these other releases right now that are yeah, taking up. Yeah, they're going to be estate. a direct competition with you. Yeah. So I mean, I think you know, I mean, we haven't read the article, obviously, yet, but I think like partially, like not only like oh, we probably need to fix this game, but also like yeah, probably wouldn't be a good time to release a shooter right now. So. <laughs> That that might have something to do with it, but let's let's just go ahead and get into the article um, from Eddie that he put together here. So, actually, let me let me zoom in a little bit. I got old man eyes now. So, Ubisoft's FPS X Define has already had a challenging road to release, and now the game is facing another setback. The development team has confirmed that X Define is now delayed indefinitely. Following oh. another round of public testing, Ubisoft discovered some inconsistencies in the game experience that need to be addressed before launch. I'm sure that has to, more to do with for the Xbox like Series S in particular, PS4 Probably. possibly. Yeah, maybe. Um, less, what would you say, less powerful consoles? Yeah, I think. Certainly. Yeah, I think, I think that would make the most sense. So, as a result, Ubisoft has delayed the game's launch indefinitely, and goes on to say that Ubisoft said a report the team will continue working as uh, to address these issues and testing them to make sure we deliver on our goal of being a best in class arcade shooter adding that it will share more information at the time as it comes executive producer Mark excuse me Mark Rubin who previously held that role on on a number of Call of Duty games released a statement about this as well he said that the team has found some things, in quotes, who knows what that means, that made the company decide it needed extra time to fix or improve the experience for everyone. Yikes. Should I read the, the full message Certainly on the twits? Give the context. Oh, I actually can't see it, believe it or not. Can't see it. You want me to read it? I'll read no. it right now. Yeah, you're, right you're going to have to read it for me. Listen. Because it's, uh, it's going to destroy bugs. My ad blocker. <laughs> so, while you wrangle the dog, I'll read this. Anyway, an update from X Defiant. <laughs> uh, a message from the X Defiant team. They they said in the post on Twitter on their official play at Play X Defiant. They said thank you to everyone who participated in our recent public test se- or recent public test session. Um, and continues to stand alongside us as we build X Defiant. Uh, the PTS once again showed us your appreciation for our fast-paced game gunplay uniquely crafted maps um objective-driven modes and iconic faction roster 
but it has also surfaced some inconsistencies in the game experience that we need to address prior to launching our preseason. So we've made the hard decision to delay the preseason of x The team will continue working to address these issues and testing them to make sure we deliver on our goal of being the best-in-class arcade shooter. We'll share more information about preseason and testing as it comes. Thanks again for your support. We're working hard to make something really special, and we couldn't do it without you. The X Defined development team, a Ubisoft original. Wow. I just, you know, it's crazy, Mike. It's it is nuts. absolutely wild. They need to, uh, they definitely need to figure out what they're doing, man, because it, like, that is the most PR message I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're working on it. I swear it's going to come. I promise. We got to figure some things out. It's like maybe they bit off more than they can chew because they're trying to make it all work for the PC, all the Xboxes, including Xbox One mm. and the PlayStation 4. That might be too much of a task for a small-ish team. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, this is the thing. Like, it, it, there's a reason that developers are starting to cut ties with the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, right? I mean, there's just, it, yeah. it's a clear they, challenge to yeah. try and develop for both at this point. Dude, they're even just like, they're even stopping use with the Xbox Series S entirely. I mean, yeah, some like, are just pissed off about that, let alone <laughs> last yeah, gen. The, the, like, yeah, last gen, they're just like, screw last gen. I'm talking about for, like new gen and a half. I mean, dude, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> dude, I mean, it's, it's crazy to be how like 2020 is when we started noticing that, like when the new consoles launched, right? Yeah. Like almost we, like immediately, I feel like. I mean, dude, like. I, I think Cyberpunk's the stark example. Like, I mean, immediately when that, yes, that came out dude. right after console launches and on PS4, it was unplayable. On Xbox One, I don't even remember, but it couldn't Buggy. have been good. Like, <laughs> no, it was not good. I mean, it was just, it was complete, it was just trash on those consoles. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and then ever since that day, I feel like more and more people were like, yeah, I think it's time to move on from the older consoles, especially with the newer releases. Um, I mean, and that's the thing, is like technology's moving at such a crazy pace now. Like, you can't have a console. You can't have, like, a PS2 console last for, like, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. It's just not really a thing anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. But, I mean, look, I will say, I mean, I, I played a little bit of the beta um, whenever, like, you know, months and months ago. I mean, it was, I, I think it's, um, I think it was a decent enough shooter. I don't think it was, like, terrible or anything in terms of just, like, an overall shooter. Um, which I mean, you know, in like pl- I played it on PC, but like, and it's you know, it's a little bit surprising to see like, oh, there's like, there's like kind of issues with the game, um, with the game to a point where we can't release it, and there's inconsistencies, and I don't know, they, they could be inconsistencies, not necessarily like bugs, but it's just it, it is kind of crazy because like at least on PC, um, I don't know how it was on console, but on PC, I mean, it was a playable game, and I think it could have launched, um, you know, assuming they had you know everything, the maps and stuff ready, but yeah, it's kind of wild to see. But I mean, yeah, it, it, I'm sure that's what it is. Like, if you're still trying to release on older consoles, like, yeah, I get you're just like a shooter. But at the same time, it's like there's still, you know, a huge demand, I think, for kind of game engines and stuff nowadays, especially in the older systems. I'm, I'm surprised that they wouldn't try to negotiate with, I guess, Xbox and Sony to to go well, Microsoft and Sony to try to get like a phased product line you know it's like you can go ahead and launch on pc if it was already doing well and then try to get on the newer generation consoles and then later bring out the xbox one or ps4 it's very curious that yeah. they want it all to work on all platforms you yeah. know 
Yeah, I mean, that that's true, right? I mean, there's a lot of games that will release on PC initially. I mean, it's mostly, like, indie games, but, like, they'll release on PC, right? And then, like, yeah. later down the line, it's like, oh, okay, I think we're ready to work on a console version. Kind of once they, once they get it on PC, hammer out all the bugs, get it to a more finalized version, then it's like, all right, I think it's ready for console kind of thing. Um, you know, but the latest example that comes to mind is Phasmophobia. Um, that game, you know, get a console port, I mean, you know, after Very years true. of success. So I think, uh, I think it's certainly um, something that, um, it's certainly an option, I think, for, de- for developers and, yeah, it's it's interesting, right? That they they're not taking this kind of path, and it's a shooter, right? Like the perfect game for PC. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> launch it. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Very weird. Yes, sir. I don't know well, there's they... not much left going on with the uh, the ending of the article, so I think that's pretty much all we got for the for a weekend for review. Week, yeah, dude. That's yeah. all we got, dude. You know, we we found some stuff, Mike. I know you know. I feel like we did. We had, you know. Yeah, I, I will be honest. Like when we were getting into it, I was like, dude, I don't. I think it's been kind of a dead week. I really do. You see this yeah. little rug rat over here <laughs> for the people that are watching the like, video. You know it's not dead. That dog, baby, he going dude, hard. He. We we took him to daycare yeah. last week or yesterday. We do it every single week, like once a day, because he gets insane. Like this is him chill post daycare right <laughs> oh this is post daycare like 12 hours of non-stop play interacting and with other animals you know when we started recording he was sleeping he was dude he's knocked he out. woke up and he chose violence <laughs> i don't know what happened but he must have had a dream like we were talking about um and got him jazzed up. scared him yeah got him, got him all up. fired up so sorry sorry to people that got annoyed with the little background noise um from the little dog you know that's character look at him i mean come on look at him he's coming back don't worry this this adds value to the show you know what i'm saying like look at this everyone wants to see a a happy dog jumping on a bed you know what i mean well i was i was gonna pick him up but he's not having it right now (laughs) he's like i want to shoot this toy and be out of (laughs) here Uh, oh, almost man. like we should probably just, be out of here. <laughs> that's right. That's what I was about to say. I was like, the Canes just scored. It's oh, one one, bro. I got to tune in. Oh. Yep. Not oh. even halfway into the second, and they're very physical, very fast, very well. Not very young anymore, but very fit <laughs> team. So the goals start coming a little bit later in the rounds because they go full throttle the whole time, and most teams can't keep up. So the goals usually come in yeah. end of second, early thirds. So, we hope this we'll continues. See. Look, see, end of the podcast, a little sports talk, dude. Hoping the Canes kind of. I hope the Canes cook. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be a good season. Um, we got to so. get some type of dopamine in here because the oh, Panthers the aren't Panthers, doing oh, it, bro. The, oh, the Panthers ah, aren't doing it. That might be the last it. time we wear that jer- our jerseys on stream, man. <laughs> <laughs> dude, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good. Who knows? Maybe next oh. year I'll, I'll, I'll muster up the... Uh, I must drop the copium to put on the jersey again, but yeah, it's uh, this season, man. It's not it. Fair. It's just what it is, dude. It's how it be. But um, but yeah, dude. But a good, a good thing for that, you know. Hornets played back in a couple weeks. They had a pre- first preseason sure. game last night. I mean, you know, Lamelo played a yeah. little bit. You know, you love to see that. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's good to see. Kai kind of wants to swing. Yeah, Kai wants to get transferred out because somebody held him accountable or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think I actually saw some that they actually are waving him. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going there twice, man. So stupid. Crazy Whatever. stuff, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, 
been the M2 podcast. Gave you it has been. News. We gave you gaming news. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Anything you want to see is going to be um, all the description, every link, timestamps, all the things that we covered. This week's episode down below in the description, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, it's all there. Um, yeah. So we appreciate you for tuning in. Do you have anything to finish up on, Kyle? Or are we closing out like this? I'm in. PS5 is looking good, dude. Get a new PS5 in the market for one. Or wait for a pro. I don't know. They may do a pro at some point. So, you know. I, I think we're going to be a couple of years away from that, only because they just did the modular one. Maybe. Wait, you know what it is soon, though? Switch 2. <laughs> switch. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of rumors. We got <laughs> to get excited. There's been rumors for like three years, though. So We are also two months from the Game Awards. So, you know, next big we show. Are. We are almost <laughs> so. like, yeah, exactly two months, right? It's December 13th, I think. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, without further ado, we'll let you guys go. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you for tuning in. We appreciate you liking. We appreciate you subscribing. Appreciate you commenting and telling us we're wrong. Absolutely love it. Um, and if you want to check us out on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now, come hang out with us. Poke fun. And without further ado, I'm Michael Enti, co-host right here, Kyle Heath. We appreciate you again. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Peace. Bye, everyone. Slow.